Hi there and welcome to Free Indeed, a podcast about winning the fight against pornography through faith in Jesus. Over the next few episodes, we're going to be having uh, some guests on to talk about their experience of pornography, to talk about how it's affected their lives, but also to talk about how they found freedom through Jesus. And today we have Darren. Hello, Darren. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Yeah, doing well. I thought I'd better take a big mouthful of water and before you asked me that question, I was trying <laughs> to get ready. Uh, and I thought if I do it now, then at least then it's it's done. Otherwise, it would have been exactly at the right moment. Darren, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do, where you're from, sort of um, maybe a bit, a bit about your faith background? Yeah, definitely. So um, I am from Hastings, sunny Hastings, down on the south coast. I haven't moved away from Hastings. Really felt like I was a teenager, actually, really felt like uh, there was actually a, like a, a word spoken over over me when I was, someone was praying for me once that like home is where the heart is. And I, I'm not saying I'm never going to move away from Hastings, but it's definitely something that I'm very, you know, a town that I'm very... My, um, my role at the moment is I work for Holy Trinity Hastings. Mm. Um, and my official title is Digital and Creative Pastor, which I have no idea what that means. So today we're going to be talking about pornography. Yeah, you, you knew that. Just to clarify before we, yeah, yeah, before we start yeah. the podcast. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, like it may be a potentially sensitive topic or private topic, but um, we're we're here to disperse any shame about it. And so, would you like mind telling us a bit about your story with with pornography? Yeah, definitely. The first time I like started accessing pornography, I was at secondary school, and I went to a homework club. Um, and I was meant to be doing homework, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, some of the guys, it was an all boys school and quite a lot of the guys would not do homework. And basically it was a, a way of sort of dealing pornography in a lot of ways. Like there was a lot of guys at that stage that were discovering stuff and they were trying to, um, like get their heads around the whole thing around sexuality and, mm. but in a very sort of laddie way and, uh, and a very, Probably, well, I would say a very unhealthy way. Um, but I remember there was, I, I was, I was aware of it going on. Um, and I was being a Christian since like I was about seven or eight years old. And then really seriously started like thinking about what my relationship looks like with God when I was a teenager, when I just started going to secondary school. So there was this like fundamental thing of like, I don't think this is a, the right. This isn't something that I feel comfortable looking at. But then there was this hook, this like original hook at, at secondary school, which was like started to look. And then I remember asking the, this guy after looking at an image on the screen, just like trying to be really sort of nonchalant about it, you know, because I didn't want, there's a lot of people knew I was a Christian as well. So mm. I didn't want it to be this sort of like, oh, the Christian wants to know what the website is. Cause that's not, you know, that, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted that to happen. There's a lot of, the, lot of it's around like how it can be quite secretive. And I know there's a lot of power in that. So um, he told me, and then I remember the first time I looked at something at home and it suddenly, it felt so much more real um, that this thing that I had sort of seen every now and then again at homework club um, was now something I'd almost brought into my house. So very quickly, yeah. it became something that I, I kept very secretive. It was almost this thing of like bringing it, bringing it back into the house. And I remember the first few times that I looked at stuff I felt so like 
physically unclean afterwards, so guilty, I'd, I'd think I'm, I need to go and have a shower. So I'd like, I'd, I'd go and like actually have a physical shower because I felt mm. like that sort out this feeling of like guilt and dirt and um, like a horrible, horrible feeling. But with all of these things, like that wears off um, after time. Mm. But this thing was secret. This yeah. was like something that was no one else knew about. And I could, it didn't matter because I could, I could have this facade of being somebody that had it all together. I could still play drums on a Sunday um, and no one would have known that actually there was this secret, horrible like, thing that was going on in my life. And so you're in this place of secrecy, you're, you're watching pornography. What happens then? So like, how, how do you go from that to then um, sort of either seeking help or it becomes something that's more open something that you begin to deal with. I'm quite cautious with using the word addiction because I don't think I was ever addicted to it, but it definitely became like low key habitual. Like there was, mm. you know, there were times where I'd go to that if there was, and I wouldn't have known this when I was a teenager, but like when there was emotional things that were going on, that was like a, an outlet as it were. Um, but I would say that when I started treating it as an addiction, that's when I started finding freedom from it. So I think probably one of the big moments was when I first spoke to my parents about it. And um, I spoke to my dad. I remember yeah. it was just so scary, but I just knew that I needed some accountability much closer to home. And the conversation went so much better than I was expecting it to, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which quite often it does when you open up to someone you trust and that really loves you and has got like, you know, the, your best at heart absolutely um, and he was like he was so good and he was like you know obviously um he's like obviously i'm sad for you like i'm really like i'm hurt in the way that like i'd hate i hate that you have to go through this um but like a, a lot of the roots of it are really natural you know so it's like what you're doing with um the feelings and the thoughts and the stuff that you're you're looking at um is not great the way that you're actually putting it into you know putting a pro like the process out there is not so good but the root of why you're feeling like that they're the things that you know you need to look at and he was like here's some of my experience um with like just growing up as a guy so it was it was a really healthy conversation and then i remember first time i spoke to my mum about it as well and that feels like that feels like a another barrier they were, they were really good at like just supporting me in that um and so yeah so just like putting in practical things i think over mm. for me uh a really really like important one was not charging my phone in my room anymore Big. Um, and it took me t too long to work out that that was not great um like i just and my on i had so many different reasons why i couldn't do that i had so many different reasons why i needed to charge my phone in my room um, and looking back, none of them were valid. <laughs> All of them were just ridiculous. Things like it's my alarm clock. That was the one. That was another one. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a big one. An alarm clock. Literally, like, imagine <laughs> those, yeah. those things. <laughs> like, all of those things. And I remember my mum saying to me once, she's like, she used to ask me some of the most difficult questions. And it's always awkward because it's your mum asking. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's that extra level of embarrassment but actually she did it in a way which was, was really lovely um actually saying that if you're a teenager your like parent or parents can be your biggest allies in this yeah 
Um, so do reach out to them, like, and that might be a difficult conversation. And if not, do reach out to like a youth leader or somebody that can really support mm. this. But um, I remember mum saying, uh, like, if you're an alcoholic, would you have a bottle of wine by your bed? Yeah. And I was like, well, no, that'd be stupid. It was, she was like, well, exactly. Like, if, if that's the main place that you're accessing stuff, like, why why would you do that? So, so yeah, so that was like, that was a big change. And it just meant that the time when I was most vulnerable, which was late night, I was tired. If I'd had a bad day or if I was bored, I should be just going to sleep, really. That was my most vulnerable time. So it's like, well, let's take the uh, the portal for like how you're accessing this stuff away. The more I've been able to do that, the more barriers, the more hurdles are put in the way. It doesn't mean that like since then I've never accessed it, but the time, like the, the times that I've accessed it have massively decreased. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's a support network, which is so much stronger now in those situations to quickly pick me back up again and say, look, you messed up that this isn't, you know, this wasn't great. This is, you know, it's a damaging thing. There's a cost to it, but you are free. You know, you're, you're um, here, like we're here to support you as mates, as parents, as an app on my phone or whatever it might be. Like, let's get back on the straight and narrow again. And um, like there is, you know, there is freedom in this. There is a way of doing that. Mm. Um, and that, that's been a massive help for me just to have that practical stuff in place. And you mentioned before that there were like emotional events or feelings that were triggers. You didn't use the word triggers, um, but were sort of um, you would feel them and then that would be the sort of avenue to access in pornography. Do you mind like going into what those sort of emotions were? Like, um, yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, so I'd say uh, the, the big one for me was like stress. If I felt stressed, it was a way of um, like finding a, a release I guess like actually have you know like almost again like taking a taking a drug which is not not something I would never ever been interested in um, the feel good stuff that the, that's in the body and and like that's always the thing like it's such a gift from God like that, that our bodies are made in a certain way that there's all of this stuff that we can enjoy in the right boundaries in the right setting in a safe way it's all there like and that's, that's the other thing that I just think is amazing. Um, but then it's this way that, like, I mean, like, I believe, like, where Satan comes in and tries to twist that, that stuff and take the, the beauty and the, the gift that God has given us to then make it some something that's really, like, horrible and something mm. that's really damaging and destroying. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say that, like, I'd say if I was stressed or, like, worried, maybe that would be... Um, that would be a that would be a big cause i don't tend to get angry like that's not something that i'm not an angry person but i would say actually interestingly like so when so i was married and um when uh and then i got to i got divorced and i think like I, I noticed that i know that it doesn't mean that that that's another lie that those things go away when you get yeah. married um yeah. because actually if they're not sorted out before you go into marriage they there's something you can quite easily take into and mm. i'd say i'd say it became less of an issue um like yeah a very very minuscule issue when i was actually married okay. um, when i came out of that situation uh, and i we'd, we'd been divorced i then i sort of then basically started looking at pornography again and i think mm. i think for me 
I couldn't, I couldn't really always understand. I mean, obviously it's a very stressful situation going through a divorce and it's horrible, all of the things that are caught up with that. But I think for me, the biggest thing, and I wouldn't, it was, it's more than loneliness because I had some really good friends, had some really good mates around me and my family rallied around. I think the word that I sort of landed on in the end was like lacking companionship. Mm. There was suddenly this, this gap in my life, which had been a wife before that, you know, we were looking at building a life together and, um, there was obviously that physical intimacy that you have, but on, like, I think the thing was that that when that had been taken away, it wasn't so much that I felt lonely because I was always around people, but actually that companionship of like being with someone in my head, the lie was that pornography would fill that gap. Mm. It, it just made it worse. It made it feel like I was mentally sleeping around afterwards, um, to try and sort, sort out this gap that was in my life. Uh, and like, yeah, and I, so that was, they're probably, the, they've probably been the main roots for me. And actually yeah. the amazing thing is that the companionship side of things, I think that can come from God as well. Mm. And actually, you know, like what's it like to, you know, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's this tangible experience of actually meeting with this divine being who loves you so much. Some of the stuff that we think needs to be filled with you know a thing actually so often god can just meet us in like the loneliness and meet us mm. in companionship as well i mean you, you sort of answer a little bit of this next question but those sort of like triggering emotions and feelings of stress um occasional anger when someone walks slowly and um and like the lack of companionship there's only so much you can do to remove those, right? So there's only so much you can insulate yourself from stress. Like stress is quite a natural thing to, to happen to you in life. So what have you, what have you put in place of pornography as a coping mechanism? So if you use pornography before as a way to cope or to relieve stress, like how have you, what have you done since you've stopped watching to, to replace it? I think some of the things have been healthy things and some of them have been not so healthy. Okay. Um, so I'd say like probably my, my next go-to is I love food. Mm. So like me too. When, <laughs> so sometimes it's like, let's take away this one thing. That's not so great. There's definitely been times when I've been like, well, I can't look at stuff like that. So I'm going to go and get a massive KFC. Mm. and gorge myself out on Yeah greasy chicken um, <laughs> and feel a feel terrible afterwards and almost because it's something that is like eating in itself is not not necessarily isn't a bad thing feels like it's a it's a bit better to do that do you know what i mean it's like so mm. there's been some things that i've replaced it with which have not been great and i think that's it's worth definitely keeping an eye on that um i've never been a big drinker but like definitely there's been a few times in my life where i've been stressful and i think oh i'm gonna go you know I, mean, I like not that I'm going to go and get completely wasted, but you know, my go-to is like, Oh, I feel stressed today. So I'm going to have, I'm going to have some beers tonight. Mm. And like, again, like in itself, I don't think that drinking's bad, but it's just about that relationship um, that I have with those things. But then there's some good stuff as well. So um, I think like uh, exercise, I know it's probably one that comes up quite a lot, but mm. like, I think, I quite like, I don't go to the gym. No, so, but like running, I find, I find running really helpful for me. Like yeah. 
get out, especially in the summer. That's been harder in the, the the winter. Like, and again, like there's seasons, isn't there? I think that's the thing. Yeah. There are times when we're more vulnerable because of this different reasons. Yeah. So I think like that's, and I think be like being intentional in relationships and conversations. Mm. So um, having like an accountability group. Yeah. Uh, of guys, which, which you know, we do meet up and we're like, we ask each other the really difficult questions. Um, so it's not like, I don't think you can ever land on one thing and go, right, I've, I've got this sorted now and I've yeah. got my accountability or I've got my way of dealing with this. It's a const, I think it's a constant thing. Mm. I think it's really powerful about, in my experience anyway, about how I invite God into that and just say, like, Jesus, you know exactly what I need. You mm. like, you face these temptations, but you, you didn't fall into like sinning. You didn't fall into look, like thinking about stuff in this way. So you've dealt with this, like you've literally dealt with this stuff. You know what it, you know what that temptation feels like. Help me out here. Like, I don't, I want to mm. live in a way which is the best. And I want to do it in a way which is pleasing to you. So like, please, please help me. Like, I, you know, and, and I think the amazing thing is that God loves us so much that he's like, yeah, of course I will. I'm there yeah. for you. Yeah. Like, you know, I want, yeah. I want this more than you want it sort of thing. <laughs> My last question to you, Darren, mm. would be after, after going through your story, and thank you so much for being vulnerable. A lot of it yeah. is um, real raw honesty, and we really appreciate that from you, is if you could, if you could just give advice to um, yourself as a 14-year-old, or whenever, I think you were roughly around that age when you first accessed it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people listening will be around that age, some of them won't be. Um, but if you could speak to yourself when you first accessed it and you could say something, what, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, like, so my role before this was a youth pastor. So occasionally, like, I would, I've thought about how I'd have this conversation with like, a, and then, you know, when, it, when those conversations do come up as they do, I mm. think probably I'd, I'd try and just take away as much of the shame around it as possible um and maybe that's a bit like me chatting with my dad uh you know and him saying like you know like this is something that a lot of guys face this isn't you're not on your own you're not isolated so i think just having like i think probably it would be yeah just trying to get across the the message that that this is it's i guess it's like two sides of the same coin so this is probably more damaging than you realize Mm. So don't don't just sh- shove it off and don't just be like it's okay mm. that actually this this is having more of an effect on your mind uh on the relationships that you have on the in you know on the world like the link to trafficking and yeah. pornography and all of those things that i remember as a teenager that stopped the traffic i was like i remember I used to do fundraising stuff and never thought once like the stuff that i'm viewing yeah. could be having an effect on the horrible stories that people are experiencing. Wow. Like one, like one side of, you know, that of the coin that this is more damaging and like this, this is having more of an effect than just on you. This isn't just like a secret sin that's never going to be, mm. you know, it's never going to impact anyone else. But then on the other side of that is like, but even saying that there, like there is freedom from this, like, and, and, what can you do now? What are the things that the decisions that you can make now to say, like, I don't need, you know, I don't need this in my life anymore, but even more than that, like, how do I eradicate this? How do I, 
how do I look at the cost and say, okay, that's the cost. Now, what am I going to do about it? Mm. Don't have years of charging your phone in your room. Like, I could have missed out yeah. on all of those times just if I had had the, I guess, the, the confidence and the courage and all, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I think it would just be like, I think it would be showing how dangerous it is, like the, the journey and that pathway that I'd started into this mm. um, monster of pornography. <laughs> but actually, that actually this monster can be very easily defeated. It looks a lot more scary than it is. Mm. Um, Jesus can sort this out in an yeah. instant. Um, oh, as long as you're willing to like put that stuff in place as well so that you're doing as much as you can do. Mm. Darren, thank you so much. There's so much brilliant advice in there. A lot of your story, which is very, very vulnerable, as I said, and really helpful. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. God bless and take care. And we'll speak to you soon.